Is very good television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlin on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And happy Monday as you listen to this. Happy not Friday as we record this. We're recording a couple of days early for various uh, logistical reasons, but it's a pleasure to talk to you, Benjamin. You too, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, can't imagine there's anything exciting you want to talk about, any TV that you've been kind of like raring at the bit to go over. Um, You've only reviewed boring, uninteresting, uninspired shows lately. And then I also reviewed the OA. <laughs> you every time you talk about it, you get this like you get this like weird like it's a weird gleam slash like it's a combination of shell shocks plus also plus also delight. It's like you've been through a terrible war and you enjoyed every minute of it. I don't know if it's a terrible war. It's, it's, it's. The OA has been around now for technically over two years, and it's uh, a Netflix original series created by Britt Marling and Zal, Ma- Zal Batman Gleege. Um, by the way, both... applause for getting his, 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 saying his name easily without. I mean, easily maybe, but I, who knows if it's correct. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, it's. A science fiction drama series from two filmmakers. This is their first foray into television. Um, but their 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 films were always kind of weird and on this line of. Well, sure, their 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 films were always um, courageous and uh, distinct. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily built for for TV which is one of the the many many talking points which comes out of the OA because not only is the story absolutely batshit crazy um the uh, kind of trying to sum it up for anyone uh is is a struggle and even when I wrote my review for season 2 which is which was relatively spoiler free because it came out um well before the show is aired and now season 2 is available as you're listening to this but um even writing that review I had to do a lot of corrections and and redrafts uh because when my editor read it she had no fucking idea what i was talking about <laughs> like she just kept sending me questions being like what is this what does this mean and i was like i i mean it's i can't explain that or i could explain it but that would be a spoiler and then it just i think it destroyed her a little bit but yeah i've, um, I've seen her in the aftermath and she seems genuinely shaken from the experience of editing this review nor did nor did my, my the, the pleasure that i've drawn from the show seemed to come through in the review because she now hates the show sight unseen. <laughs> she seems so um, mad. She's very bad. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily blame her, but this is, the, <laughs> this is the thing. Like, the the nice thing about TV, as you uh, ever so astutely alluded to, Liz, is, or about this kind of TV, is that there's an endless supply of things to discuss, whereas so many television shows that come out nowadays, we feel like we're having the same conversation, even if we like it. It sounds like, you know, it's like, okay, well, it checks the boxes of, of X, Y, and Z. Like, I remember when I was watching and talking to people about Rami, I started having to kind of catch myself uh, because this new Hulu comedy has, like, a standalone episode that's a flashback episode. It has a standalone episode that's like a... Um, from the one female character's sole perspective, it's like a half hour dedicated to her. And it's like, these are kind of just checking the boxes of a lot of premium comedy series these days. And they do it really, really well. It's a great show, but it's also like, well, we've kind of seen that format before. 
the OA's format is all the fuck over the place. Like, there's no, like, it is not written like a TV show, really. It is a TV show. It's not one of the, like, they're going to say it's a fucking 19-hour movie or whatever bullshit the filmmakers always say. I am wary. Um, But it's it's not that. It's still written as a TV show. It just doesn't follow typical structures or um, follow through on certain (coughs) teases or, uh, you know, fall into any sort of conventional structure that has been applied to modern premium TV these days, scripted TV these days. So it's, it's exciting to me to be able to talk about all of these things in some sort of context. Um, And I think today the best thing to talk about is just whether or not making television like this is sustainable and whether or not that's good or bad for the viewer. Because like it or not, people are hooked on this show. And because it's so fucking bonkers, and also it seems like it's pretty expensive, at least from how long it took to make it, it seems like it's a a pretty uh, decent chunk of budget. But um, that alone could mean that it's at risk to not last. Yeah. This is clearly going to be, by the way, an episode where we are not keeping to a PG-13 rating, just because there are certain words that only work to describe this sort of thing. Liz, I know ever since iTunes called you out for your explicit language (laughs) on this show... Um, that you're, you know, a little more cautious about it these days, but we're, we're always explicit. We're not, we're not PG-13 show. We don't usually drop just two F-bombs or whatever is allowed by the MPA. I try these to keep, days. I keep it clean. No, you don't, Liz. <laughs> it's best not to lie to yourself. Oh my God. This is, this, now, I, Liz, I, 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 I have a serious question for you. Okay. Because you're our, you're our resident expert on science fiction as well go- as bonkers television. I was going to say, welcome to my world. Wel- welcome, to, welcome to the land of bonkers TV. We have wonders and delights of canceled shows. Right. And, and I feel like a good chunk of these shows at least fit into the kind of um, serialized format or like we're going to acknowledge that we're kind of silly. We're going to have some fun. Um, you know, we're here to have a good time. We're not here to win awards. We're not here to be like the best fucking thing that's ever been made on television. Um, so they have a lot of fun with it. Right. Um, with with that in mind, uh, and and comparing that or contrasting that to how seriously the OA takes itself, um, are there shows like the OA out there that come to mind? Like, are, are there stuff where you're like? This is what the OA is going after in terms of of television, and uh, it's <laughs> succeeding or failing in well, your mind. <laughs> here is here is I think what is so interesting about the OA in our culture and so forth, and the OA in as a as a as a show within the Netflix ecosystem and whatnot. There are so many other bonkers shows that I've loved that I've I can name, or I can or hopefully can name. Like that's one of those things where it's like get caught on the spot and you blink and just say. Well, you've always loved Legends of Tomorrow. It's yeah. very bonkers. Well, well here, here. Um, yeah. I feel like you've even described the Expanse as somewhat bonkers. Expanse, Expanse has its bonkers elements. It tries to play. It plays it pretty straight. Here is here is I think the defining aspect of a lot of the bonkers TV shows I've really come to enjoy. They are all. They keep their 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 bonkersness is a surprise. Like they keep it kind of stealth. Like they they there is like, and I think I'm going to use as my example for this uh, show. I'm currently working on a piece about uh, the 
2000, the 2008 to 2009 failed, uh, not failed, uh, one season uh, relaunch of Life on Mars. Now, this show was essentially set up at ABC as a 1970s set crime procedural with the extra element that, you know, uh, the, this, this police detective from the, from the 2000s thinks he's been trapped ba- sent back in time. Now, that's a pretty, that's a pre- that, that on its core is a pretty bonkers, but potentially not insane premise. And ABC was also able to sell, oh, hey, it's Harvey Keitel on television solving crimes every week. That's a premise. That's, that's something you can get, like, you know, Joe America to watch after Lost. And theoretically, maybe. Um, and the thing about it that was fascinating was that, was that it increasingly got more and more bonkers because its essential premise was insanely bonkers when you get right down to the last five minutes of what ended up being the series finale. Now, that is a show that had to go through the studio system, had to clear a lot of paths with executives, had to get jump a lot of hoops. That's And that is the sort of bonkers television I'm quite frankly used to. Like, I'm used to the ones that get away with it. I'm used to the... It, in the case of the OA, the OA, like, especially because the OA was a couple of... It feels like almost like a generation or two of Netflix executives ago. Like, it, it was greenlit with basically just, like, Netflix handing these two filmmakers they liked a bag of money and saying, go make a TV show. Um, if I'm misstating the, pre- the initial green, launch, green, green light process of the show, I'm, I, mean, I'm, I apologize. I mean, a little bit. There was, there was slightly more to it than that. But my question for you is, uh, right. in, in regard to shows like Life on Mars and some of the other like kind of traditional network bonkers shows out there that, that a lot of people have come to know and love for uh, various reasons... I mean, a lot of them are sustained because they're weekly entries, you know, weekly hour-long shows um, that, that, you know, have 16, 22 episodes a season. And those episodes have, like, really weird elements within them. Like, the, the basic plot of Life on Mars, as you described, is pretty pretty out there. Right. But it's a, you know, a fairly good sci-fi setup. But there's also, like, you know, uh, um, the start of the episode is, hey, this bad guy did a bad thing go get the bad guy right. or um you have a crush on that lady let's see what happens with the lady crush over the course of like eight episodes you know like stuff where right. you know it's somewhat familiar to the audience where it's like listen all this weirdness is going on but we can definitely latch on to these common principles that we all understand mm-hmm. the oa doesn't do any of that the <laughs> oa doesn't have plots that's that's what like I'm saying. b c or d plots within a story that are common enough for you to latch on to and be like Oh, yeah, I get this. I've seen it before. <laughs> no, we're coming at the same point, which is that the OA is bonkers TV. Like, it's like, it is, um, oh, if, I, if only I knew drug metaphors better. It is the uncut stuff. It is the pure, like, uncut bonkers, if you will. Right. It is, it, like, yeah, like, you know, you, yeah, Life on Mars, it's it's baking powder or whatnot. I, I know a lot about cocaine, you guys. Really, it's 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 the drug, whatever the drug is, yeah. that you use when you want to keep using it for a long period of time. Like yeah. the seller is going to give it to you because, you know, it's not going to kill you. It's right. going to like just kind of sustain for a while and you'll keep coming back. Yeah. A show like The Good Fight, it microdoses with the bonkers. It feels like a really weird example for what we're talking about, but sure. <laughs> um but yeah, the OA, I, I, and I, again, getting back to our main question, it might be designed to kill you. Like it, it's definitely, 
the pure uncut goods in which no one is trying to restrain, change, or modify anything to make it less bonkers. And, and what's what's interesting to me is in season two, it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit because it like season two opens with a new character and you spend a lot of time trying to get to like getting to know this guy and uh, coming to understand how he fits into the story and where everybody else has been and, and you know catching up on some certain things, which kind of just lulls you into a sense of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm back in the OA. This is like, it's good drama, but it hasn't really gone anywhere yet. And then like a few things, one really big thing happens and you're just reminded that, oh yeah, none of this is normal. Like none of this is, is what we've seen before. Right. <laughs> it's, it is, it is pure imaginative power like like just thrown at you and i love i mean all the reviews from season one on the early stuff that i've seen for season two they a lot of them say the same thing where it's like this is a love it or hate it show like this is a show that you you might feel both ways as i often do um but you have to kind of at least at some point just sit back and admire the unrestrained creative prowess of the people involved like they are not ashamed of of going to some places where i think most people especially in the the you know irony stricken millennial generation are going to laugh at this stuff where they're gonna be like that is so stupid but other people are gonna like weep with joy because they're just so attached to it yeah no i love i i like the element like you know the from season one that's we're not referencing i to to be to be clear, I've seen the first two episodes, maybe part of three of season two. Ben has seen the first five. Yes, six, it's six. Five. Yeah, I five think or six. They, I don't know. I think it might be six. I've got I think, multiple. I think we're not getting seven or eight until like the end. Yeah, until the premiere. I mean, but yeah. Uh, to clarify, so but to keep it away from spoilers, even from season one, if you saw any of the OA, you remember the talk about what is it, the movements? Yeah, they call it the movements. Everybody yeah. else calls it the dancing. It's like my my instinct whenever I want to talk about the movements is to mimic uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls. I'm going to do it for Ben. Um, good podcast content. Yeah, it was a really good podcast. But you, you, you can see Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls doing the movements. <laughs> that's, sure, our that's, that's season three. That's, our that, that's my season three pitch. Tackle that. She's a dancer, Ben. Yeah. Well, no, and, and the, you're right. The movements, quote unquote, the movements were the point where a lot of people just lost their shit with the OA because the movements were supposed to be how you moved between dimensions like people could would do the movements and then you could escape a a confined box (laughs) um like a like a a glass cube where you're being held imprisoned by a mad scientist who is killing you every night Um, isaacs jesus uh (laughs) but honestly that part of it again it's one of those things where you laugh at it because it's it's kind of stupid or you admire it because it's just so kind of balls the wall crazy town um, but the problem with season one was the ending in which they use the movements in a very real scenario that's oh, a yeah. little too real for some people to apply to this situation. They used it during a school shooting. Yeah. And they, they, they didn't even use it as it was meant to be used during a school shooting. It literally was. And this is the point that that like the show becomes too meta for its own good. They did the movements, and the shooter got distracted by them long enough for someone else to the tackle the shooter 
because the shooter was just so confused by what these idiots were doing while he was about to kill a bunch of high school kids. Spoilers for uh, OA season one. Uh, I yeah. don't apologize. I think we're beyond that. Um, yeah. Because, like, that that to me is is encroaching on somewhat offensive territory. Like, that's getting to a point where you're like, a lot of people have lived through this. This is a very real problem. And you're applying something that is on its face, on its aesthetic value, pretty silly. And even when implemented, isn't implemented for the purpose that you need, nor was the shooting itself important to the story at all, like important to what else is going on in the OA. So it feels very extraneous and manipulative and a little bit I'm, gross. I'm, I'm forgetting, like, over the course of season one, did like were there, were there occasional teases of, like, the school shooter like the, as a character? No, the, the, the shooter himself didn't really matter that much. It's very minimal... Right. teases or, or build up to what was happening. I, th- I believe they talked about like certain events or whatever, but it's it's almost beside the point because even if they were smart enough to try to build it into the story, the shooting itself didn't matter. Like it doesn't have any consequence uh, other than a very minor one for the for the main character. Right. Um, which again could have been applied and used in a, in a different way without this shooting. Sorry, happening. I'm just having I'm just having um, thirteen reasons why flashbacks. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't. The, the point being. That was when, for me, the OA became something where it's like, I, I can't like admire the show. I can't have fun with it anymore. And so far in season two, they've avoided that completely. So you're, still, you're having fun. In season two, they're not trying to bring in anything that doesn't belong or bring in anything that's, that's too, uh, for lack of a better word, real uh, for people to kind of go along with the crazy town shit that's going on uh, otherwise. So for season two, it's it's working a lot better. They're sidestepping that that issue that they created for themselves. Um, but again, going back to our original conundrum, I don't know if it's sustainable because I don't know if after kind of the buzz around what the fuck is this weird show wore off for season one, if that many people are going to return to keep watching or if they'll want to keep watching after two or three hours uh, of season two in part because... Uh, it's very long. <laughs> the episodes are well over an hour. The first two are well over an hour. They're almost feature length. Uh, first two episodes, quote unquote. I think even the fourth episode is well over an hour. Like they, they spend far too much time. Like they, they could cut so much of the stuff and it would be a much more efficient and, and better television show. Um, but that just adds to the unsustainability of it. I think if people get bored, they will stop watching. If they feel like it's not going anywhere, they will stop watching. If it gets too weird, they will stop watching. And if they don't have enough people to watch this kind of thing, I don't know if it, they can keep making it. And I believe they've said in the past they want to make like five seasons of the OA. And I just don't know if that's possible. Right I don't know now. if we'll live long enough to see that. <laughs> that's another. That is a ver- another very fair point. <laughs> If they take, you know, another two years between seasons, and I think they had to make some serious adjustments after season one, but uh, so hopefully they'll be able to make three quicker if if it gets greenlit. But um, Netflix is the kind of studio that is going to allow you to make whatever you want until they can't anymore, until they're like, listen, it's not working. We're not going to do this again. Um, And that can be a rather rude cutoff. And I, I feel like the OA has already built up a little bit more buzz than something like sense mm-hmm. so i oh, feel like Sensei. like which is another fairly good example of a bonkers adventurous <clears throat> television show um so i feel like we might be safe enough to get some sort of like two-hour movie to mm-hmm. end it if they decide that's the only way they'll go forward um but it's a weird kind of proposition that everybody has to take into account these days it's like you want to just go along with these things 
And for us, it's easy. We're critics. We're paid to talk about it. We're paid to watch it. Um, but for the people who are just kind of deciding where to invest their emotions, investing in something that's like this daring and crazy and experimental is kind of risky these days because you just don't know what's going to happen to it. And you don't know if you're going to get the payoff that you've invested in the thing for. Yeah, I mean, um, another show uh, that falls into my category of bonkers uh, is Into the Badlands. And that's a show Mm -hmm. that... um, where they are having, they are concluding their third and final season uh, this spring. Uh, currently, maybe working my way through the screeners on that, and uh, but they 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 didn't know officially that the third season would be their final season, but they did make a point of doing the classic, the the appropriate showrunner thing of wrapping up as much as you can, leaving a couple of threads should you get a, a fourth season, but making sure that the ending would feel like a good ending for the viewer. And which is basically the best strategy you can do coming into a show like this these days. And so my hope with the OA season two is that they've done a similar thing. Which I is... doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the other the other aspect though is like throwing your okay. It's like it's such a weird it's a it's a weird conundrum because you can do like what Chris Carter did with the X Files season ten, which was in in retrospect now like. An increasingly angry, angering uh, decision because he basically compromised the entire creative quality of the show to make sure that he could make more of the show, and then if which would have been fine, except that he didn't really deliver on what he he didn't really deliver a season worth watching in total. Yeah, you can you can make the ending a cliffhanger in the hopes of forcing the hand of both your creator and the fans to demand more. Right, that's one option, and you're right. The other option is as any sensible human being, especially experienced storytellers will do, prepare for an ending in yeah. case the worst happens. Well, and, like, the, the interesting thing... I just don't think that... You, you don't, I don't, you don't think, think that Brit and Zal do okay. that. I don't think... Like, the way they make their show is antithetical to thinking that way. So I don't know if they I hope would they, do it. I want, the, I want to believe, like, they have, like, one of, like, these really, like old-timey great like showrunners like like one of the guys who's been doing this forever like peter toland peter toland like he's been on every he's been on so many classic shows he knows the business inside and out i want to believe that they have him sitting in the corner of their office and every time they make it they're like hey peter what should we do here and they're like he's like he tells them what he thinks they they should do like great we're gonna do the opposite now I want I want I want Peter Tolan to have that job on that show. I think even I think even the idea of them asking someone what they should do is impossible. <laughs> like they they wouldn't even like they they're so out there that it, it, to me it's impossible for me to believe that they could even bring in other people as con, like consultants. It's 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 just they have a writers room it's though. Theirs. Yeah, no, I know. I just it's it the way when you watch the show and and go through it all, like the way in which they make decisions seems so in line with their own like reason and logic uh, that it's it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a fair point. And the thing is, like, that's how you get really exciting TV. Like, even if it's bonkers, even if it's nonsensical, even if it's not sustainable. Like at the I, I've become very appreciative of what we have in the moment, Ben. Yeah, no, I would I would much rather have these two seasons and it get canceled than have, like, a watered-down version of these two seasons for five years. I so. mean, did you have fun watching it? So far, yeah, absolutely. 
it's, it's mean, not that's, great. That's great. But it's <laughs> it's it's not great, but it is. It's fun. great that you had fun. Right, right, right. Which is, I mean, and like honestly, in this crazy world, like I mean, if you don't like the OA, don't spend your time on it. It's very much not. But, no, that that decision's easy for people. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't. They even, do not make. They it don't have hard to worry about it, right? But the, the people who do get invested are the ones that I'm concerned about because that's very much who they're making the show for. So. So you're worried about, like, the super fan who gets crushed by the fact that there's no season three. Yeah, crushed and jaded and angry and, um, you know, bitter about it, reinvesting in the future. Because, again, these things have happened before. Um, so those people may already be out there. They may already be weighing their options in terms of the OA. So it's like, I, I just, it's it's one of those things where I'm probably giving it more thought than a lot of people who decide whether or not, like, who are who are these people and making this decision and in the moment. They're like, oh, I'll just start it. Or they're like, no, nah, I'm just not going to. But I don't know. It's interesting because I do feel like the way in which they're making it warrants a broader conversation about how they're making the show. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's not like any other TV show, but there are other bonkers TV shows out there. They may not be as pure, uncut crazy, but, you know, they'll be there for you. Yeah, there's so, also better shows. And what? There's also better shows. You think there are better shows than the OA? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, yes. Uh, what's a better show than the OA? Well, Liz, the best thing I watched last week. Yes, there we go. Me, Good segue. Uh, is Billions. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Are you saying that the OA is not as good as Billions? Oh, Billions is much better than the OA. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That no. hurts me to hear. I mean, no, 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 Billions is great. Billions, um, Billions has really come alive uh, in the last probably well since season two, since its big moment in season two, which is one of the more well orchestrated twists I've I've ever seen, um, and also one of the most delicious to actually witness. Um, Three kind of coasted a little bit, but it had a great time doing it. And it set up a, a season four in which they are also moving very quickly through story, which is wow. something to admire. They are they are not they're also they made they're they're very set in their formula, which is which is working. So there's no problem there. Um, but they're also moving more quickly through it in which you're like, OK, well, Chuck's running for office. I know what that's going to look like. We're going to deal with that for a while. No, 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 no. We're going to cut right to it. And it's going to happen in, you know, like a quarter of the time you think it will. Um, a couple other things move fairly quickly. So uh, it's been exciting. The first four episodes of Billions are are something where you're like, OK, this is good. Like this is they're They're not resting on their laurels. They're trying something new this year. They're moving a little bit quicker. Everybody's having a good time. They haven't, you know, fucked up the, the kind of rhythms of the show, which have become pretty addictive. Uh, so, yeah, I like Billions. It's great. I, you're talking me into watching it. and I You should. love Billions. What? I, I should. I like. I liked. I've liked what I've seen. I just haven't gotten into it. And if you got to season two, you'd you'd never. You'd absolutely keep watching forever. Okay. Billions I mean, I, is by I like far uh, better and more enjoyable, and just as bonkers as like the affair. Hmm. Uh, and I know you've suffered through a lot of shit with the affair. Uh, you don't have to suffer as much with billions, so just go for it. I mean, is it terrible? Is 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 <laughs> Noah Solway never shows up? You promised me that. I, I mean, I can promise through what I've seen. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 I can trust that. I like Dominant West in every other role, by the way. Absolutely, no, he's great. Yeah. Uh, well, what was the best thing you watched last week, Liz? Uh, the best thing I watched last week. Uh, I'm 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 putting down into the Badlands. Uh, I watched a lot of random stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Fran Drescher has a fun, uh, fun comedy special. Uh, on Showtime, she she's she's one of the featured acts in a fun Showtime uh, stand-up special called Women of a Certain Age, and suddenly switching because i already talked about it into the badlands so yeah 
uh, basically, if you want to watch a lot of women over the age of 55 talk about the bodily trauma of being over the age of 55, Watch Grace and Frankie. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like Grace and Frankie. Th- if, if you if you wanted to take Grace and Frankie out to a, a stand up night, they would love to death. This is it. like this is the Grace and Frankie. The, the, this is the this was the, this, they would be in the they would be have it. They would have a little table, a little cabaret table. They'd have their glasses of wine or whatever. Their or their vodka martinis. They'd have a great time. I, I like legitimately. It's like one of those things where I, like I want to show it to my mom, but also I kind of want to not be in the room while, while my mom watches it. But at, I think my mom would really like it. I think I, I don't know if Ann Travers would really like it. It's pretty. It's, it's she likes stand up. Yeah, she, it's it's got a lot of body humor, um, but in like a mom way. She's not particular. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a fun time, and I got to talk to Fran Drescher for it, and she it. She was fun. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, Into the Badlands, but also if you want to watch some o- older but very, very funny ladies uh, kill it on the mic, do that. Older but funny. Older and funny. Don't be Jeez. Ageist, Oh, Liz. God. Oh, no. I'm the worst. <laughs> the worst. I'm so sorry. Oh, give yourself a break. Eh, whatever. What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Abby's. I honestly don't know much about Abby's. Uh, I know Michael Shore is is the credited creator on the show. I believe he has a, a another showrunner in place though, um, which is fine, which is exciting. Uh, but I also know it's set in a bar. I also know it stars IndieWire favorite Natalie Morales. Natalie Morales, who I always remember Natalie, and for whatever reason, I think it's because the of the other Natalie Morales. I always question that her name is actually Morales, like her last name is Morales. Yeah. Anyway. Import, important fun fact about Natalie Morales, before it, very early in her career, she considered, considered changing her name to Natalie Moriarty. That would have been uh, pretty good for when the Johnny Depp movie came out and bombed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, I think she made the right choice. I think you mean Mordecai. Oh, fuck, you're right. But it's Moriarty. okay. It's okay. It's a quality joke. Moriarty. Moriarty is the villain in Sherlock. Yes. Damn it. Wrong joke. It would have been bad as the name. Um, anyway, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's NBC. It premieres on Thursday. Uh, half hour sitcom set in a bar with Natalie Morales. I, I don't want to know more. I don't need to know more. I will know more as soon as I watch it, but I'm going to enjoy watching it. I've so. watched it, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you think, actually. Yay. Well, Liz, what's the next thing you're looking forward to watching? We got the screeners for our Legends of Tomorrow. Perfect capper for our bonkers TV episode. Yes, that is a perfect way to end it. Um, Legends of Tomorrow returns uh, not this week, but as you listen to this, but the following week. I believe it's like April 3rd. I feel like they should just make that into a summer show. Like, I know it does well uh, well enough as, as, as it airs now, but it feels like a good summer show. It brings a burst of summer into our lives whenever it airs. <laughs> That's fair. Fair point. Um, but yes, uh, you... <laughs> Probably will not get to read anything about Legends of Tomorrow unless I manage to sneak it in. Trend but you piece. Will be, what? Trend piece. Trend piece. But you will be able to read about other shows on IndieWire.com where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And please remember to listen to IndieWire's other podcasts, including uh, Screen Talk podcast with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, uh, as well as uh, Filmmaker Toolkit podcast hosted by the one, the only, the great, the perfect, the two-time roommate of mine, uh, Chris O. Fault. Is he the best roommate you've ever had? Um, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it's it's not really a question. Like, I, I he'd be the best every like in an insert descriptor. Right. It's just best best blank, pastry chef. Chris O. Fault. Right. He would be a great pastry chef. Yeah. That's great. That's very sweet. 
Um, <laughs> don't. Just tell like it is. Yep, you do. And you do it more than that on uh, at, on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. Um, and you can enjoy even more better tweets uh, from Liz at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, you, we'll see about whether or not they're better. We'll see. It, it is definitely at Lizlet. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we will be back next week. Um, hope you guys all have a wonderful day. And remember to keep watching television. Thank you.